Welcome to the Self-Talk Radio Show. Mind-Changing Radio. Sam Black had worked in child protective services before a tragic accident and a twist of fate tested her faith and all she had believed about karma. Ironically, not that there's such a thing as a coincidence, I think everything happens for a reason, but the man who was driving impaired actually was a client. Oh, wow. And I had actually helped his family three weeks earlier. Wow. So going through that process of, you know, I helped and that's what I got in return. And I had to really separate myself from that and go back to my faith that everything does happen for a reason. Would you be able to forgive? Sam Black is my guest on Self Talk Radio Show. Welcome to Self Talk Radio Show. My name is Sarah Spencer, and my guest is Sam Black. In early 2013, Sam was a passenger in a car that was hit by an impaired driver, and from that moment in her life, her life changed forever. She suffered from several injuries, including a brain injury, and Sam was unable to return to a career that she loved very much. So through months of healing, reflection, and support, she was able to focus on the gifts that she still has to offer in the world. And through this transition, her business, Grounded Roots Wellness, was born. Welcome to the show, Sam Black. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you. So tell me what your life was like before the accident. What were you doing? What was your career path? What was up with that? Fantastic. So I actually, I think I might have been Wonder Woman. I'm not really sure. No one told me at the time, but I look back to everything I was doing and it seems like an awful lot. I had a career in child welfare, which is a stream of social work dealing with children in need of protection. And so I was working in that field and I just loved working hands-on with the family and seeing growth with them and to be honest I worked a lot of hours in fact when I was in the accident I was had I think 70 hours of overtime banked wow um so I'll give you a little bit of an idea of how much I actually worked but in addition to that I also have five wonderful children and I do a lot of volunteer work and things like that. So we were actually a pretty busy family with all of that going on. Wow. And then the accident. Yes, on uh, my son's 16th birthday, actually. Oh. I was working late and um, heading back to the office with a coworker, And we were hit by an impaired driver. And um, the car actually rolled and we landed upside down. And uh, so needless to say, I did not get back to the office that night. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so was there a part of you that blamed the person, your coworker driving? You know, initially, no, um, not at all, actually, because um, I, you know, was focused on that the other driver had come in our lane. And I was very much in work mode and I was there kind of mentoring her. So in that moment, it was very much a, I'm here to take care of her. I need to make sure she's okay, and then I need to make sure I get back to the office to finish what I was working on. I don't think it really hit me until much, much later, first of all, how serious things were, but also I just tried to not be out of that work mode. Um, And then once I realized, hey, wait a minute, you have to come first, it all became very real very fast. And isn't that common, I think especially for women, we always put everybody else first, 
Absolutely. And especially with five children and a career as demanding as Child Protective Services. Uh, wow. Yeah. And and did you did you find that you were sort of invisible for a while? You know, I felt very invisible. It was a very strange situation, I guess, because of the circumstances. It was, you know, the accident itself was kept out of the media. Um, my coworkers were not informed of what happened, and I lived in an, uh, northern Ontario, which was about five hours away from my family and friends. So all of my friends in that area. A majority of them were actually co-worker friends. So it just felt as though it wasn't real to anyone but me. Mm. You know, I would get calls, you know, from people at work that would say, oh, you know, if you're done with your vacation, could you come in and do this? And I was like, you know, no, this, honey, this isn't a vacation. You know, I'm in yeah. this room with lights all out and I'm, I'm in complete blackness and I'm awake for two to four hours a day. This is not a vacation. But of course, they were working with what they knew and and they were all told it was nothing serious. She'll be back soon. So, mm. um, you know, we all work within our own realities. And when people don't realize how serious something is, and unfortunately, in our society, concussions and brain injuries are not seen as serious. Yes. We live in very much a shake-it-off society. Yes, and yeah. And so, um, you know, they didn't really realize how serious it was. So it was a very lonely time, not just for myself, but for my husband as well. Mm, definitely. We're speaking with Sam Black, talking about how a car accident and a brain injury transformed her life forever on Self Talk Radio Show. Sam, how did it impact your husband? You know, very much so, because you, you go from someone who's very type A like me, <laughs> who took care of everything, um, to me not being able to take care of anything. And so he all of a sudden had to learn how to pick up that ball and keep them all juggling and, and take care of the kids and where is everything, where are the finances kept, where do the kids go on Monday nights after school, <laughs> all of those things that he hadn't had to deal with before. All of a sudden he had his responsibilities in addition to all of mine. Mm. And did it strain your marriage? You know, I think under other circumstances it would have, but I really believe it in the end actually strengthened our marriage. What's the secret sauce? I want to hear that. Yeah, well, you know, I very much, as I mentioned, kind of type A personality. And I think when you're juggling as much as I was, you know, it it takes that kind of personality to keep all of that going. And as a result, I wasn't the best listener. So having the brain injury and not being able to communicate as well as I had before almost forced me to be the one listening and give him a chance to speak up and show what he could do. Um, so in that way, I think it was really great for our marriage. I wouldn't wish it on anyone, of course, but, you know, we, we all go through things to see where we can go from here. Our marriage definitely grew. Yeah, and how far you can stretch, too. Absolutely. Yeah. How long did it take before you returned to work? Did you return to work? No, I actually never did return to work. And I don't have a lot of memory from that time, but I do have all the medical reports and the physiotherapy reports and all of that. And it's an interesting theme, a multiple reports from different practitioners that says, ask to return to work, ask to return to work. Mm. Um, And I know at one point they sat me down and said, you cannot ask us anymore if you can return to work. You need to just focus on your recovery and stop trying to focus on everything else. What was the extent of your injuries? So I had 
the brain injury, which led to post-concussion syndrome, which is, I think, just the term they give when you're not healing on schedule. Um, I also had third-degree whiplash, um, torn rotator cuffs, sprained lumbar, sprained AC joints, hip issues. Um, And then with the brain injury, there's so many other things that go along with that and the post-traumatic stress syndrome um, and eventually depression as well because I was just so isolated and in that continuous cycle of just wanting to be the old me again and Mm. not understanding that that wasn't going to happen. So you had to embrace a new you. Absolutely. Absolutely. A whole new me. And, you know, it, uh, it's been a real big journey, um, but definitely one of growth. Yeah. So very, very fortunate. Yes, absolutely. And we're fortunate to have you in this capacity. So when did you start coming out of your shell? You said that you had to spend hours in darkness and you'd sleep. You'd only be awake, what, two, four hours a day? Two and then four hours a day initially. Wow. Yeah. It was a very long time. Um, and progressively, it, it did increase. Um, to the point where it would be, you know, I would wake up in the morning when the kids got up and then after they went to school, then I would be back in bed for a couple hours and then up for a couple hours and back in bed for a couple hours. Um, and there were things I could do to stay up longer, um, keeping lights and sound and all of that off to really, um, reduce the stimulation around me. Um, things like that tend to trigger the headaches that would go along with the concussion, so I, you know, I, I navigated my way around to try to buy as much time as I could. And it's so interesting. We, we all see time as just, it's something there. We have 24 hours in a day and we can do what we can do. But when you have a brain injury or injuries like that, it's very much a trade-off system where you say, okay, I really, I'm needing the social interaction, so I'd like to go for lunch with my friends. But you have to consciously remember that's going to cost me about six hours. In recovery time, is it worth it? Mm, wow! And so it's a really interesting way to have to approach things after that, because it certainly wasn't the way I had to look at things before. So how did you get out of this? How how did you move forward? A lot of it was time, time and processing. I'm fortunate that I had some wonderful people helping in my recovery, um, but I can remember the big part that I really struggled with was how angry I was because it's not in my character to be an angry person. And I can remember talking to my psychologist at the time, and I just said, I'm just so angry. I'm just so mad. And if I could change one thing other than the headaches, that would be it. And he said, okay, well then, are you ready to talk about forgiveness? (laughs) And I can remember at the time saying, no, why should I talk about forgiveness? I'm the only one that was a true victim in that accident. I didn't do anything wrong. This all happened to me. And he said, okay, so when you're ready to have that conversation, then you'll be ready to truly get rid of the anger, and then we can talk about it. Wow. And that was so profound for me. I just, I can remember going home, and then, of course, I was angry that that was his response, right? I wanted a magic wand to make all this go away. And, you know, it doesn't work that way. So for a couple days, I kind of stewed on that a little. And I can remember, that must have been, probably in November or December, because I can remember that New Year's Eve um, saying, okay, so I'm not getting better on my own, so I really need to tackle this. And I just 
said to the universe, I need three teachers to help me through this process because this forgiveness piece is going to be really hard to do. And that's what I did. I went through the forgiveness process of, you know, looking at the fact that it all happened, but my being angry was really hurting me and my family, Mm. not the man who was driving impaired, not my coworker, not my employer who wasn't supporting me. It all came down to it's hurting us. Yeah. And And that's when I started to really see a lot of transformation happening in my life. Not that that meant the brain injury was going away, but at least my eight-week hours weren't consumed with the anger, and instead they were consumed with hope and gratefulness. And so, those were the things that got me through. So shifting your, shifting your focus on hope and, and now forgiveness, I, mm, I don't know. If somebody did that to me in a car accident, I, I don't know if I could forgive. How, how did you do that? You know, it wasn't, it wasn't easy, and, and I think the part I kept going back to was, ironically, not that there's such a thing as a coincidence, I think everything happens for a reason, but the man who was driving impaired actually was a client. Oh, wow. And I had actually helped his family three weeks earlier. Wow. So going through that process of, you know, I helped and that's what I got in return. And I had to really separate myself from that and go back to my faith that everything does happen for a reason. I am here for a purpose just as he's here for a purpose. And so wait a minute, you helped his kids yes. and then three weeks later you get in a car accident and he's the driver of the other car. Yes. And he switched seats with his partner and, you know, it all came out. <laughs> it all came out in the end. Yeah, no wonder you were angry. (laughs) You know, it's like, wait a minute, that's not how karma works. (laughs) And you know, that's what I kept saying. No, I'm a good person. Okay. Things should be happening to me. I'm a good person. So now that you look back at it, once you forgave, how did your life open up? Really, it opened up just like a flower does in the spring. You know, you start counting the petals and instead you're counting everything you have in your life to be grateful for. And I have and had so much to be grateful for. The fact that I got to live and come back alone was something to be grateful for. And all of those things are independent of that driver, of my employer, of the circumstances. I have all those things regardless. So I really had to shift my focus to it's not about them. Mm -hmm. If I need to forgive for me, then it's about me and what matters to me. We're speaking with Sam Black from Grounded Roots Wellness on Self Talk Radio Show. We're going to go deeper into the conversation to see how this traumatic brain injury has transformed her life to be working more into the spiritual realm of things as we continue the conversation. After this, this is Self Talk Radio Show. Can't sleep? Try this. Sleep Meditation offers soothing meditations to help you sleep like a baby and awaken what's inside. All you have to do is choose the meditation you want to listen to from our library at sleepmeditation.org. Click play and enjoy. If you want to keep the recording, purchase the downloads you want. Plus, Sleep Meditation offers specials on motivational pieces that help you start positive change, stop bad habits, or sleep like a baby. Sleepmeditation.org. 
My guest, Sam Black, is an official, real Ghostbuster. We're going to talk to her about how her brain injury transformed her business into helping people move spirits out of their homes. That's coming up next on Self Talk Radio Show. So, Sam, I want to talk to you a little more about what you're doing now with Grounded Roots Wellness and specifically your practice um, in the spiritual realm. Tell me, tell me more. Did, is that something that you always had or is this something that got enhanced after the accident? You know, it's so interesting. Definitely it's something that I always had access to. And I can remember being little, around five years old, six years, it must have been about five years old, and we were at my grandparents' cottage, and <clears throat> I could hear all, you know, all our grown-ups, you know, talking. And they're giggling away, like, oh, look, Sammy's talking to her invisible friends again. And in that moment, I was just saying to myself, invisible friends, that means they can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and instantly a fear was created, right? And so for the mediumistic piece, I really tried to block that for a long time because I... I didn't want to be seen as so different. But yeah, and, it, and it's, not, it's not exactly embraced in some circles. I'm it's sure you've experienced that. I yeah. know certainly um, more than one of my family members think I'm a little weird. And I'm okay with that. I like being a little weird. But <laughs> at five <laughs> years old, not so much. <laughs> so do you do, um, do you, do you, look for ghosts and and is there such a thing as a ghost and what's the difference between a ghost and a spirit or are they pretty much the same thing absolutely you know we have this idea of ghost mostly from what has been portrayed by the media and really ghost and spirit can very much be seen as the same thing Uh, we all have a soul within us and that spirit is the piece of after we cross that's the way i look at it Hmm. so essentially we all we're, we are walking around in a human body and we're souls inside. And when we cross, we refer to that as spirit. And in mainstream media, often it's referred to as ghost. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yes, definitely I do um, communicate with spirit and I do a lot of readings with people to help them, you know, find healing and growth by communicating with spirit. But also, yes, that, that piece of ghost hunting is included because I do get approached by people saying, you know, there's ghosts in my house and I'm not sleeping. I need some help. <laughs> so it's Ooh. a matter of going and, and walking them through that process so they can sleep again. That's fascinating. So uh, what's, the, what's the most interesting ghost removal story you've had? Or, or do you remove them? How do you, how do you tell a ghost to move on? Well, really, it's about going in and connecting, first of all, with is, is that spirit really attached to the home? Because I find often it's not the home, it's really that it's people trying to connect with their loved ones and they don't know how to get through. And like I mentioned, when I was little, being seen different, that was kind of scary for me. So certainly when you're hearing things in your home or things that you haven't invited there, that can be seen as kind of scary for people. So it's really around some education. We do some investigating as far as, you know, is this really attached to the home or is this spirit trying to connect with you? And at times, yes, spirit does need some help moving on. And just as, you know, me getting through that accident and needing to feel heard and feel validated, so does spirit. So Mm. do all humans around us. So we really have that in common. So it's really about focusing on what do we have in common as opposed to what's setting us apart as different. Oh, that's, yes, that's very wise words. That's for sure. Is there a 
story that sticks with you in particular of um, moving a spirit along? Absolutely, absolutely. I was visiting with this um, this young mom, and um, she she had invited me, and she had said, you know, my husband's going to be home, and he's the one you really need to talk to. I said, no problem. So um, I did a reading for her, and she had, I had said, have you, have you noticed some things going down this hallway? And she said, yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's what we need to talk to my husband about. And so he got home from work, and he was so excited that I was there. And, um, you know, we did a lot of work together because he had been picking up on it, and he'd been having nightmares and stuff. Mm. So she had thought, because this was a new home to them, so she had been concerned he's getting depression or there's something wrong with him. (laughs) And really it was just that there was some residual negative energy left behind in the home. And they did some... Um, digging after I had left. I had given them some information about their home, the previous occupants, and also a crime that had been committed on the property. And so they did some digging and called me back a week later and said, you were totally right. Like, everything you said totally happened. I said, okay, so how is your home feeling to you now? And they said, it feels like we live here now, not him. Mm. And I said, Exactly. Nice. So it's really just about shifting that energy. Um, and, you know, sometimes that, that takes a lot more work. It's not always, you know, a snap your fingers and away you go. But it's understanding what energy are we owning and which energy doesn't belong to us. And so once they realized, okay, this is what this energy is, it was just when they felt unsafe, they could just say, thank you, I understand that you did some things you regret, but we're ready for you to move on now. Hmm. And it reassured them enough that, you know, I, I spoke with them just a couple months ago, actually, because they were inviting me to come back. And um, I said, how's your home? How are you enjoying it? And they said, it's great. Like, we don't have any of the issues we had before. And uh, so it's really neat to find that. It's just about validating spirit, hearing their message, and then shifting the energy of the home, because at the end of the day, we're all just energy. So when we leave a space, we leave a little bit of energy behind too. And the one thing I find a lot, people will say to me, you know, Sam, I think my home is haunted. And we'll go through and they'll just say, you know, the previous occupants, was there actually some domestic violence here? And I've had people say, yes, actually, there there was. It was a couple. And and I said, yeah, I think it's really more their energy as opposed to spirit energy. So they don't even have to be dead to leave an energy imprint behind. Absolutely not. No. And, you know, we we all experience this. You know, we might be at the grocery store and have a very angry person approach us, and we take some of that energy away from us. So it's just a matter of being conscious with it and, you know, giving it back to where it belongs and sending love and hope and all those good things that their day will look a little better because we don't own that energy. We don't have to carry it if we don't want to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you walk in a room and you can feel the tension after somebody's had an argument or, or you walk in the room, everyone's laughing and they stop laughing. So you, <laughs> you <know? laughs> I've had that unfortunate event happen to me once or twice. Um, so how do you shift an energy? Is it possible for you to walk into a room and shift an energy? And how do you do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can, you know, um, you can shift it with intention is one way. Just setting that intention that, you know, you're only going to interact with energy that you're owning. 
Um, sometimes you need a little more help than that, mm-hmm. <laughs> particularly if you're dealing with situations with spirit or things like that. Um, but yes, there's definitely ways of shifting energy. Some people enjoy using crystals. Um, you can use light. You can use sage. You can, um, you know, use use your arms and physically shift energy to where you would like it to go. Um, I always like to do this fun activity with people where we make energy balls with their hands, and then they're like, "Wow, I can actually feel that energy." Absolutely. How do you make How do you make an energy ball in your hands? I'm going to try it. Okay, awesome. So. Reach your arms out as far as you can. Okay. And then you're going to slowly bring them in together. Some people find it's like a bouncing motion, almost like you're, you have an actual ball between your hands. Do I open my eyes or close them? That's totally up to you. Okay. And as your arms come closer together and your hands are coming closer together, that energy should feel denser to you. Hmm. And sometimes it takes a couple times to try, especially if you're thinking, wow, this girl's really woo-woo right now. Um, <laughs> no, me? <laughs> think that? They open to it. It's an intention, <laughs> right? So do you feel anything? Yeah, I feel um, when my hands are probably six inches apart or so, it feels like two magnets pushing each other apart. That's kind of cool. That's really fun. Thank you. So you just bounce that together, right? Yeah, I was bouncing um, it. You were right. Yeah, I was I was bouncing it back really and forth. Cool. So. If you can do that with the energy between your hands, why can't you do it in the energy in your room? That's true, but it would look awfully awkward, my arms outstretched and pulling them together and bouncing energy <laughs> balls between, you know, the meatballs and cocktails. But I could try it, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun to try, um, you know, and just move things around. And some people say feng shui will really help. I don't know a whole lot about that, but, you know, at the end of the day, if it helps you feel better, that's all that matters. Yeah, we got to get a lady. I know a lady who does um, something unique with feng shui. Uh, she works on how your furniture is uh, juxtaposed in a room and how it can affect the way you work. She's fascinating. Um, and yeah, I'm going to try to get her on the show too. But That would be great. Yeah, she's really cool. So what's next for you and Grounded Roots Wellness? What's, what's cooking for you? Oh my gosh, there's so many exciting things happening right now. So my husband and I are opening Grounded Roots Wellness in Niagara Falls. And through that healing process from the accident I was in, it became very apparent quickly that people have to travel in order to access different modalities for healing. And so we're actually opening a space where people can get quite a few of those modalities all in one spot. And our focus is really about putting people in the driver's seat of their own well-being we're going to have salt rooms, infrared sauna, float pods. What's a, um, what's a salt room? Salt rooms, they're just beautiful. Um, there's salt on the floors and on the walls. It's um, all dead sea salt or Balkan sea salt. Um, and so there's a little um, filter that circulates tiny little salt molecules through the air. And what happens is you just go in there and you relax. Peacefully, and while you're relaxing, these little molecules are going into your system and they're breaking up any debris in your lungs. Um, people that have a lot of respiratory issues or skin issues are fantastic for healing with that. Really? Because I, I was sitting there thinking, gosh, if I had asthma, I'd be hesitant to go into a salt room. But you're saying that clears and we're up? We're saying the opposite. If you've got asthma, come on down to the salt rooms. Neat. Yeah, and we actually are going to have 
a children's salt room. So with little ones that have skin conditions or respiratory issues, the parents can bring them in and we'll have dump trucks and all kinds of things there for them to play in the salt, just like you would in a sandbox. Oh, I want to play. You know, never mind the kids. I want to play in that. Absolutely. You'll have to come (laughs) visit and play. I will. Yeah, you're in um, now Niagara Falls in Canada Right. Is drop dead gorgeous. I've been to Niagara on the lake and it is beautiful. They're going to shut the falls off. We were talking about that over the weekend. Yes, they actually are. I believe in 2017, there's some work to do with the American Falls as far as um, ensuring that there's not a lot of rock crumble and things like that. Mm. So they're going to be redirecting that water over the Canadian Falls and turning off the American Falls. So it's going to be a really cool thing to come and see because the last time that happened was in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely, well, you know, we'll have to book you, that's for sure, Sam. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we got to head up to Grounded Roots Wellness up in Niagara there in, uh, in the Canadian side. So, yeah. and, and also any other, um, you know, are, are you going to be doing any shows or any other programs out there? Absolutely, I um I'm going to be with Christy All on her radio show in a few weeks, and there's been some chat about a possible TV show coming up. I'd have to um, let you know about that in a couple of months when we know more. Um, But as well, right at Grounded Roots Wellness, I'm going to be continuing doing readings for people and some healing work, and I also train life coaches, and I'm a life coach as well. So lots of exciting things happening for sure. Absolutely. That's, that's really neat. Oh yeah. That's what I wanted to ask you too, was, um, are you, I think you're certified. It's called healthy, wealthy, and wise. I am. I'm one of the coaches. Um, and I'm also a certified trainer with healthy, wealthy, and wise. They're the parent company of the certified coaches federation. And we have the healthy, wealthy, and wise coaching program, which is all about helping people find wealth in every area of their life. So we've got spiritual wealth, habitual wealth, physical wealth, um, right through to investment wealth. Um, and the founder, Derek Swiga, actually was an investment um, person in his previous career before he came into self-help and, and all of that. So we've got a really good basis for the investment wealth as well. So some people come into it for that and then find themselves drawn to the other areas. But really, it's about finding wealth in every area of your life. And so with that as well, I do the Certified Coaches Federation training. So I visit different communities and train people to become life coaches. And I love it. Some of them are there just in that healing process like I was in, trying to find themselves. Other people are ready to jump right in and be a coach. And some people just really wanted to find out more about how they could do things better at work or how they could communicate better in their relationships. So we get a really wide range of people that attend those courses. That's fantastic. Sam Black has been my guest. She's the executive director of Grounded Roots Wellness. She's an active member and trainer for Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise, and a fascinating guest. Thank you so much for being on the show, Sam. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Sarah. I've loved being here. I'm Sarah Spencer for Self Talk Radio Show. This program has been a production of Hall Communications, Burlington, Plattsburgh.